Okay, we are starting live. We are starting it with a big bang. The show started. I said a whole bunch of great things. So as long as you guys followed what I said there, you should be able to win the million dollars. Um, <laughs> okay, how about we start over? Sabaho, everybody. Hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great Saturday because mine apparently didn't start well. I thought it was working great. I thought it was going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I was like saying hi to everybody and talking about everything. I, I even said, you know, this one thing again, like if you follow, you should be able to win the million dollars there very, very easily. Um, ER 1980, Ibrahim's a good morning, man. Hope you're doing well. Chemi, hey, man. Hope you're doing really, really well. Um, let's just start over again. Sabaho, welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning with Tech. Uh, for the audio podcast, uh, if you probably didn't, you probably wouldn't have noticed this because I'm going to take this piece out of the audio. Uh, the, the, there was a dead silence in the beginning of the episode for about maybe four or five minutes, uh, I want to say. Uh, no, about two minutes, not a long time. And um, actually, <laughs> where I was talking to myself, apparently. Um, so with that being said, I do want to say welcome back to another episode. It is episode 94, six more episodes before the big 100. Uh, and I see a lot of our friends are in the chat. Dominic Juan, uh, Valley's in there. Greg is in there. Uh, Laverne Clark is in there as well. Chemi, uh, of course, uh, Dominic, uh, Mr. Lena Dodov. That's what I was actually trying to pr uh, pronounce the name. Uh, Renesh, déjà vu, toujours, toujours, ce sera comme ça. And, um, uh, I see a whole bunch of different people. Neil, Davin Davis. Uh, I also see uh, Manny's in there. KB, Greg, uh, Serge is in there. Uh, Daryl, uh, Daryl. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. Uh, and of course, Aditya. Thank you for, <laughs> thanks for everybody catching me not having audio. Uh, this is the week to have technical problems. Tik, another exciting thing this week. Oh, Nikon's releasing the new Z9. Oh my God. Um, cameras are. Let's just say this. I'm in the process of selling my uh, my uh, my Sony a7 III to be able to jump on the a7 IV bandwagon. Um, I'm really excited with the new cameras that are coming up, and um, I'm actually changing a little bit. I don't know if you guys can tell. I changed the lens that we have here that we normally talk on, and um, I switched over to a uh, Zeiss, uh, basically a native Zeiss lens. I typically use a Tamron lens, and that one works usually pretty good for me, so hopefully this one looks pretty good as well. Um, it is Saturday. I hope you guys are having fun. If you do celebrate it or if you're in a place in the world that has Halloween tomorrow, I hope you guys have a great Halloween. You get to enjoy it. Um, hopefully trick-or-treating is back and people, wherever you are, are able to either enjoy, go trick-or-treating or, -treating or uh, be able to share and give some candy to some kids and, of course, uh, spread the joy. It's um, somewhat at the start of the holiday season for us in the U.S. You know, October has basically the end of it, Halloween. It's not a, a religious holiday, but it is definitely a holiday. I feel like that's also celebrated internationally. Um, and then, of course, we have Thanksgiving next month and then Christmas and New Year's, a whole bunch of different things. But today I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about, and we're going to focus on that pretty much. It's basically the Xperia Pro i and the Pixel 6 Pro. And I feel like they're... They're devices that are somewhat comparable and also somewhat um, polar opposites. So we're going to talk about that and want to talk to you guys. Which one do you prefer? Which one do you think would be a better fit for you? And what are some of the things that you need to consider before getting into either one of them? And or is the Pixel 6 even a conversation starter at this point? Because I feel like the Pixel 6 and the Xperia 5 Mark III are also somewhat in the same realm of comparables, right? So we are going to jump into that. Um, oh, wow. Amsterdam, Mr. Um, um, Rishlani, I hope you're doing well. I, I'm hoping it's not too late. Uh, I don't know what time it is in, in Amsterdam this time of the day. Um, I missed Saturday morning. <laughs> I, 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 uh, so here it is. Shemi says, I missed last Saturday because I was working. Well, I hope you're doing well and I hope you're having a great this weekend. 
Um, so this week for me was primarily a very much pixel slash Xperia type of a, a week for us. We started it off with Monday morning with the early morning collaboration with Juan Carlos. I did both channels, Arabic and English, um, where we talked Xperia Pro, but I wanted to focus on the gaming experience of what you're getting. Uh, sorry, I meant, uh, I want to say the Xperia was at the end of the day. The, uh, of course, Pixel 6 Pro, sorry, the Pixel 6 Pro was in the morning. Uh, it was a dual embargo. It was one of those things that you probably don't want to have on, on the same day. And then to top it off, having to actually produce four four videos on, on content in two different languages also kind of puts a little bit of a strain. And on top of that, obviously, doing your normal day job. Um, Hiltesh is there. Good night. Hey, man. Good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, good evening. Uh, watching from Australia. Oh, Australia. It's 3.35 a.m. Dude, you wake up earlier than I do. And I usually wake up at like 4.30 a.m. Um, and I, surprisingly, I wake like 4.35 o'clock. I just normally wake up, and that's when my day starts. Um, one thing I don't understand. So Dominic has a good question here. So it says, one thing I don't understand is why only uh, why Sony only uses one-inch sensors um, on the Xperia Pro I? I think this is the first time they brought it on. This is not... Um, and the explanation for that, obviously, is they wanted to bring in a sensor that they've used. They've tried and used, and they've proven that this sensor is really good. It works on the uh, basically the ZV-1, the E10, as well as what we have with the RX100. So basically, their compact handheld cameras have been using this sensor. Now, if we listen to what Juan was mentioning, of course, is they're not really using the full, the full size of the, uh, the sensor. It is a bigger sensor, and it is providing us better optics and better uh, shallow depth of field, a drop-off, basically, you know, uh, focus drop-off and so on. But at the end of the day, what you're looking here essentially is it's a mobile sensor. So they brought the RX100 or the ZV-1 or the E10 to a smartphone. And by doing so, they provide us an experience. And the reason why I have this connected because I want to share you guys some pictures a little bit later on. I don't know if it did finish that. Da, 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 da. It did. Okay, so we can unplug. Um, the intention behind this is to provide you a phone that works like a handheld camera. So the experience is very much shifted there. We have a video application specifically dedicated for that. Uh, the camera app stays the same, but we always loved uh, photography. Uh, sorry, um, photography pro, and of course we still have Cinema Pro. So when you're looking at this, this is really a, a change in direction. This is literally where the alpha team is asserting dominance even more into the experience that you get with an Xperia. That's truly where I feel like this is uh, the, the right direction for them to go. Everything we saw in 2021 has been focused on that new dual aperture, uh, basically the dual focal length uh, telephoto zoom that we have on, that, uh, on the Xperia 1 Mark III as well as the Xperia 5 Mark III. The Xperia Pro that was announced in 2020 but launched in early 2021 um, still has that same experience as what we saw before. So those lenses didn't really change much. This is why I feel like the Xperia Pro I, although a successor, is a new direction. So it's a new approach, and I'm hoping that they continue with this, that we start seeing more focus on the main sensor to give you a better optics because this is what Sony does. Sony doesn't heavily rely on post-processing. They don't jump in and say, look, we have the best HDR post-processing and we'll do whatever you know, camera magic trick in the, in the software to be able to give you those either you know, bokeh effects or uh, just shallow depth of field of all of those things. Sony focuses on the optics. So they prefer to give you a better picture from the beginning so that when you do end up having to edit, if you do need to change and do things to it, you're getting a much better picture to start with. And that's the difference. So I'm hoping they do continue with that. That's my goal, uh, my hope for that. And that's the feedback I was, uh, when I was looking into this, when I first got my hands on it, that I shared back with Sony. I want them to go more. I want them to heavily rely on this. Uh, Pre-orders on the Xperia Pro are up. 
There is uh, basically the Xperia Pro. There's the they made a case. I think if I'm mistaken, there's like a case, a leather first party case, but the accessory, the vlogger kit. That little display that you're able to pick up, and they didn't send one uh, my way, so I don't have one to show, but essentially it's, it goes on a grip, and the grip kind of goes like centered right here, and then there is a display that magnetically clamps and hooks up to the USB-C connector on the bottom, and that gives you the viewfinder view of the phone so that you're able to see what you're doing while using the 20, you know, the 24 millimeter, the 16 or the 50 millimeter lens as your shooting camera. So you now have the ability of focusing on using the best camera. To top that off, that display has an extra audio input, which allows you to use the audio input from it and still leave the headphone the, the headphones to listen. So let's say you want to monitor the audio when you're recording video and there's somebody behind the camera, they can use the headphone jack and you can use the other uh, option with the display to bring in audio. So you're getting a whole bunch of different things going on here. And this is really where the exciting part comes in. So Sony is really going pro and it's a slightly different pro than what we saw before, but I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll touch base on that a little bit. Let me see here. Um, oh man, okay, so uh, 7.35 p.m. for uh, Mr. Rish, Rishlani here in the Netherlands. Hey man, oh good, well, good evening to you. Uh, early evening, I guess, I'm not sure depending how late you stay up. Um, much Thank you, man, appreciate it. Uh, I think I'm still going further up, ta -da -ta. oh, 10.36, and nope, we are. I'm way behind on the comments, let me see here. Ta -da -ta. It's 11.06 p.m., good evening, Hitesh, Hitesh, hopefully you're doing well. Uh, it is really <laughs> 16.1, ta so TK, did you cancel the Xperia? Uh, did, did you cancel the Xperia for uh, the Pro I? Okay, so David Davis, actually, that's a great question. Um, believe it or not, yes, I actually would go for the Pro I more than I would go for the Xperia One Mark III, and I'll say why. Everything the Pro I, I mean, there is a there's a one thing that I miss on the Pro I that I don't have because I have it on the Xperia Pro. Well, the Xperia One Mark II that I still have, wireless charging. Not exactly the, the the most functional thing, but it's something that I like to do. Like right now, as we're talking right now, as we're going to shift to the 6 Pro, the 6 Pro is sitting on my Pixel stand and it's charging. This is something I enjoy, even if it's not, um, you know, to, to fully recharge the phone, but more like to top it off. Or if like I'm doing something and I want to listen to music and I don't need to hold the phone, I can put the phone down on the charger. And of course, with the Pixel stand, it does its own trick. The 6 Pro, the, sorry, the Pixel, sorry. The Xperia Pro I, and I think I should need to start calling it. Okay, so the 6 Pro and the Pro I, I think that's the best way to refer to them. doesn't have wireless charging, but for the most part, and of course the new sensor, it actually embodies a lot of the Xperia, Pro, uh, Xperia 1 Mark III, um, with the exception, again, with the certain thing, like it has 12 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of internal storage uh, with the SD card. Still has the 5G, which is similar to the 1 Mark III. And then, of course, we have the new optics that we get in here and the accessories that we get with it as well. So when it looks like to product for productivity and um, I would say basically the best way to kind of experience what Xperia is trying to give us, the Pro I right now is the one I would go for. The Xperia Pro I knew was not meant for me. That was just for the for the most part. There was much, there was so much more into that device that I felt like I wouldn't be able to utilize. First thing is I don't have Verizon, and I also don't have ultra uh, ultra wideband here. So UW type of connection where we're able to get crazy download speeds, crazy upload speeds is available in specific areas that are about 30 minutes or so away from me. So I would never be able to fully utilize it. So yeah, would I be would I consider this over the uh, One Mark III? Absolutely. The price difference is about 500 or so dollars, a little bit more, maybe five or 600. But I feel like the benefits are definitely there. And what you're getting there with it as well is um, a different experience when it comes down to optics. So for sure. 
Um, Chami's jumping in with another question here. Uh, TK, do you think Sony would be, uh, uh, sorry, would, do you think Sony would do the opposite of bringing Android phones capabilities to, to the camera? 5G's extra apps and so on. There is a possibility that Sony could start opening up their uh, their connectivity and running maybe one of their cameras on Android since they've obviously they've been able to show us that their UI elements for the cameras can actually run very nicely within Cinema Pro and Camera Pro. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, and I think to a certain extent um, it makes sense, but we want to keep in mind a couple of things. Ex cameras in general do have um, connectivity, so they have generally they'll have Bluetooth, they'll also have Wi-Fi. Um, and of course you have the uh, physical connector, those HDMI and so on. So there's a lot of things that you appreciate about that. Having an application that has basically giving you 5G on a camera body, I think it would probably be more an accessory than it is built in, mostly because of the power consumption that a 5G modem can run. And typically, most production companies don't usually have the modem built into the actual camera that's producing it. This is why if we're using the Xperia, uh, the, the standard Xperia Pro, the Xperia Pro um, does have grid cameras, on obviously, on the back. The front-facing camera is, again, the 8-megapixel one. But for the most part, when you're trying to broadcast with it and use it as a full, like full-on broadcast experience, uh, it ends up getting pretty warm, and that's why the construction is a little bit different. But it also taxes the battery. So the end, of, the end thing that I'm trying to say is, it's more than likely something that they're thinking about integrated. Uh, I'm not sure if it's within the next generation, but more so as an accessory. I think that'll be the best option for them, allowing people to use their alpha cameras in a more uh, connected way, and of course, giving everybody the uh, the connectivity options to go uh, ultra wideband without having to carry a, a, a separate modem that just sits there to connect everything for them. So I hope so as well. Uh, absolutely, dude. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much. If you guys are new to the channel, haven't checked it out, please make sure to like and subscribe. It always helps the algorithm gods and of course uh, helps us uh, kind of get, uh, you know, talking to more people. That'll be really nice. It's 11.06 in India. Hope you're doing well. Uh, always, always. Oh, Dan is in the chat. Grounded Tech, our buddy, our friend from the uh, from the other side of the world. Um, he also started uh, using his Pixel 6, which congratulations to Dan. And I know Greg is getting himself as well as a Pixel 6. And, I, and one thing I want to mention, I still think the Pixel 6 is the better buy. Not because the Pixel 6 Pro is not the right phone. It's because you get so much of the bang for the buck with the price that you're getting the Pixel 6, and you're getting so much of the experience. The same primary sensor, the same ultra-wide sensor, the same processor, uh, very close experience as far as the RAM, although I don't really feel like we're 8 and 12 are going to basically be you know, deal breakers. I think the device will run very nicely. And of course, the Tensor as well as the Titan M2. All of those are built in, and you still have the ability of going up to 256 gigs and not break the bank. That's seriously a great way to look at it. So hope you're doing well. Um, Dominic, uh, Tony Northrup uh, said in his video, um, it's not it's not a good it's not as good as the iPhone. Is that true? So uh, I'll say okay. So there's a couple of things we want we need to we need to cover something. Cameras on in general, when it comes to smartphones, are a an experience. It's a color science and it's a specific experience. Is the camera are the cameras on the Xperia Pro better or worse than the iPhone 13 Pro? And I'll say this very clearly, and I'll say very much what so, what Apple sorry what Apple's been known for, and what Apple's been doing very well has been producing very good, consistent color science between their different lenses, front-facing, back-facing sensors, 4K 60 all across their sensors. So when you when you look at some of the higher end, the the the, uh, the basically the best performance that you're able to get out of a, an iPhone, 
there is a little bit of an edge that I feel like Pixel still needs to catch up. We're getting there. We're definitely getting there. But if we look at the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro, both have a slightly different experience. The 6 Pro has the 4K 30 on the front, but no 4K 60. And then when you go jump in on the back, the cameras still need a little bit of software tuning. It doesn't mean they're bad. But when you pit them together and you're looking at them in that specific margin, there are some things that you maybe, you know, leverage. For me, I don't think I would ever be in a situation where I need to jump from a standard focal length and all the way to telephoto up to five times most of the time. For me, those are going to be more on the picture side. And for me, that experience is absolutely pixel team. If it comes down to video, would I choose uh, an iPhone over an Android? Absolutely not. I would always go for my Android because that's the ecosystem I use. So when somebody compares the 11 Pro or the 13 Pro with an, a Pixel, they're really speaking more so about what their perception is. And more than likely, there's a good chance that person uses an iPhone. So if, they're, if, if, the, um, if the bias is in, in the conversation already saying that I'm an iPhone user, I'm just comparing something else to my phone, you need to also understand that that's where the conversation is coming from. If he's an Android user and he prefers an iPhone, then this is a conversation where maybe there are some merits in there because you want to make sure that you're giving a, I want to say an unbiased opinion or at least let the facts speak for themselves, right? I don't, I'm not saying iPhones don't make great videos. I think they have some great cameras. Uh, Apple has made many strides in improving the video production there. And I feel like there are certain things in the iOS ecosystem that are still nice for us, and hopefully we'll be able to see better integration here on Android. But where we see the Pixel 6 Pro right now, this is light years from what we, what we were getting last year. And this is truly the first time where Google's controlling the entire conversation. And unlike Apple, where they'll announce something and then they'll release it later, um, and if they do release it, then you'll have certain limitations, like the 128 can't do ProRes because apparently storage. Those are things that Apple likes to do. Google, if they're going to give you things, they'll just give you give it to you the, all the way. And we're still going to be getting more features. Pixel drop, pixel feature drops will happen, and it's going to get better. So I hope that makes sense. I know it's kind of like a little bit convoluted. There are pros and cons to every ecosystem. Obviously, iPhones make sense, and they work, because if they don't, they wouldn't be around. So you have to also understand that you have to appreciate what they have and what we have. I still prefer going with Android. I'm loving the fact that at least on my Pixel 6 Pro right now, I can tell you that all my camera video recording is set to 4K 30. Not that I don't want to record at 4K 60, but I want to keep that consistent footage from across camera. So if I flip for the front-facing camera, the back-facing sensors, my content is consistent. And if I'm incorporating it into my video, obviously it's going to give me the best experience. So it's one of those things I really like about the Pixel and why I choose Android. There's a lot of other things too uh, outside of the camera that make a phone and what, what a phone experience is. Uh, and I think we've already kind of covered that. Sorry, I'm running a little bit behind on comments right here. Chris Lopez, um, I mean, they, they have a Sony A7, uh, an A7 III body for 1700. Uh, 1700. <laughs> so um, the A7 is is still a solid camera. Don't get me wrong. From a photography standpoint, the a7 III is an absolute beast. I don't think that's why somebody would go from a three to a four. For me, I'm a video producer. I do take images, and don't get me wrong, images are a great thing for me, but I produce video all the time. So first, 4K60 is something that I care about. I shoot in 4K60 um, in all of my videos. I do render in 4K30, but I like the flexibility to, if I do need to slow something down, or if I need to change a little bit something, I'm able to change it up. The 
Other thing that I uh, that I have with the A7 III right now that I personally have a concern with, it's the thing that for the longest time that Sony never gave us the ability of having a flip display. All of their displays were either flip up, like the RX7, the RX100 Mark 7, and the uh, I want to say the 6 and the 7 both give us the ability for the display to flip all the way up. And you lose part of it, but you're able to do and see what you're doing. So where we got here with the A7S III, that's the flippy display. And then the A7 IV is going to be in that same manner, as well as 4K60. So that's really where I'm shooting for or why I'm trying to go for it. It's something that I like to have that little display to make sure that A, my audio is working. I can see my audio meter on it. I can have HDMI out to a bigger monitor, but I'm also able to see what's going on when I'm shooting on, uh, on the go. Hopefully CES is going to be an in-person thing this year, and I did register. So my hope is that when I go there, I'll be rocking an A7 IV. So we'll see how that kind of goes up there. Uh, da, da, da. take the case off the pro and all that beautiful s'mores. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Uh, the case itself, honestly, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a hard time trying to find a case. I did purchase a case, a, a handmade leather case off of Etsy of all places, and I should be able to get it very soon. And I'm hoping Sony is going to do really good and it's going to do, come on. No, it doesn't want to do it. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't want to do it. Sony today. I don't know why. I had it where it worked for the for the longest time, but now for some reason my autofocusing either something happened or something. But yeah, the the Pixel Six is absolutely crazy reflective. Like you could see, like here, let me show you guys. Let me see if I can show you guys where you are and where you here you are. So you could see the display right there. That's us looking at it at the display. It's a very reflective back, for sure. You know what? The back on uh, the back on the case for the Pixel Six Pro from Google kind of acts like a case holder. Like if I want to put the phone on it, it becomes a little bit of a raised thing on it. So it looks, it actually does function very nicely. Um, Matt Tyler's in the chat. Hope hey man, hope you're doing well. Let me see here. Oh, I think ah, I see what happened. I skipped a whole bunch of people. Let me see. Did I miss in there? Uh, Hasni's in there. I, um, <laughs> I have money and I prefer the Pro I. If I had the money, I would prefer the Pro I. Um, I'm with you. I think it's, uh, the the money part is also a little bit of a. There's a big difference in price. When you look at the at the Pixel Six Pro and where they're what where Google's trying to target the marketing there, I mean, we have to assume that Google is not trying to make a lot of money on the Pixel Six or the Six Pro. The approach that they went with this on the Pixel Six, at least for five ninety nine. It's a $600 mid-ranger uh, mid pricing, but it is a technically flagship processor. Yes, it's not as fast as the 888 in certain benchmarks, but benchmarks are not the true reality or representation of reality. It's a blip in a specific synthetic test that allows us to kind of tell roughly how the performance is over time. I think Juan said it uh, very, very clearly, and I think that's the best way to do it. It's good to be able to do benchmarks, but not to use it to see how the device is scoring, but more so to see how the score fluctuates over time. So it's almost like getting um, getting a physical on, on the phone every time something comes in with an update and see if this update is either providing us better optimizations, better processing power, or is it really kind of keeping us where we were before, specifically as your device ages, meaning if let's say you've had a phone for about a year, and let's say it's an 888 that's released and it's running at like basically, you know, 1,020, 1,100, 1,100 kind of a thing. And then a year later, you get the next version of Android. And then now suddenly the performance dips. You know where that performance is coming from and that the software is basically causing it as opposed to maybe just aging hardware. So something to keep in mind. Uh, uh, I'd wait uh, for 1500 yes so Dominic is saying is that he'll wait till he basically where Sony devices drop down to maybe 1500 
Surprisingly though, Sony devices or smartphones typically don't drop that much. Um, at some point or another, I'm pretty sure it will, but I can say this much. From the fact that the $2,500 version of the Xperia Pro is not staying long enough in, uh, on the shelf and they're selling them out, more than likely the Xperia Pro is not going to sit longer at all because you have to keep in mind where they're offering this. They took away the whole, this is purely for the Pro. This is literally a device now that an enthusiast can easily jump into from, let's say, an Xperia 1 Mark III level. If you were already comfortable going into it there, this is a little bit of a jump up, but it gives you that experience at the next level. Vlogging, the ability of seeing what you're doing, but also if you use it for productivity and actually creativity. You go to a show, you go to an event or anything like that, and you have that phone in your pocket, you are, you're less likely to try to bring over, like let's say, an RX100 or an E10. I would much rather use that phone in my pocket. I have enough storage, 512 gigs of storage. I have fast connectivity. I also have the ability of controlling the, sh uh, basically we have two different f-stops, an f2 and an f4, to control the amount of light we're able to get in, as well as the ability of jumping in between the, tr uh, the, trinity, the trinity of lenses that we usually like to use, a 16, a 24, and a 50. They changed that from the 70. So my one Mark II uh, and the one Mark III both had a 70 and 105 on the one Mach 3, but it's a 70 on the one Mach 2. So now we're jumping down to 50, and that's literally the best uh, focal length that I think people will enjoy, as well as the ability of getting better video pr uh, production level here. Eye tracking and face detection in video is something that they haven't been able to do. They've done amazingly well for photography to be able to do fast shutter and multiple, uh, you know, ability of basically getting that best shot. When it comes to video though, Sony's really moving over. That's why the sensor is here. It's for video. It's really trying to leverage the video experience that they've tried and they've proven on the smaller handheld cameras. So hopefully that makes sense. Thank you, uh, Dominic. Uh, Jerry, uh, okay, so Jerry saying, maybe the Xperia Pro I is a reboot uh, in a sense of the Xperia line. Uh, we might not get that. The, we might not get that with the Xperia One Mark IV. Maybe it'll start uh, over, getting closer when we get to smartphone capabilities. Um, <laughs> I said it first. Uh, absolutely, Jerry. There is a very good possibility that this is a change, a shift in direction. The thing about it, which we've seen before, typically what we see is that the Pro leverages what the regular, regular, you know, Xperia One has, and then adds functionality. This is truly a combination process between the Pro, uh, the, the regular Pro we had as well as the ability of taking over from the Xperia 1 Mark III with that change in direction, like you're saying. I, I'm almost tempted to say that this could potentially be the camera setup that we see with the Xperia 1 Mark IV, if that's what they're deciding to do. Uh, this phone is releasing in another, um, I'm going to say, if I'm not mistaken, mid-December, December 10th. The pre-order started on the 28th, so they're letting people pre-order. But release and announcement of this phone has been ex dramatically accelerated. What we saw last time with the 1 Mark II, 1 Mark III, with the 1, with the 5 Mark II, and even the 5 Mark III that hasn't even shown up yet. This is something that Sony typically does way early and then release way later. Right now, what we're seeing essentially is a very short announcement and launch. So I'm really excited to see what they're able to do. So we'll have to see how that goes. Let me see here. And... Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. So one of the reasons I love Hong Kong is because Hong Kong is, for the lack of a better word, the mecca of electronics. And that's literally the one thing that if anybody, well, let's say this, I know it's a beautiful city. There's a lot of things going on. But the one thing I geeked out when I visited Hong Kong, and this is when I actually visited Hong Kong, not traveling through, 
was the fact that there are electronic stores all over the place. And I can imagine the competition in Hong Kong is much higher than what we have here. In the U.S., typically Sony, um, you know, Sony, Nikon, or even Canon cameras are going to be the primary cameras that you're going to go. Obviously, with Fuji and some of the other players, but we don't have a lot of competition. I mean, the stores typically don't carry those cameras as much, and you don't really get them unless you go to like a Sammy camera or something like that. So at the end of the day, I feel like in Hong Kong, I appreciate the fact that there is a lot more competition. And I'm hoping that, yes, if it does drop to a certain point, uh, then that may be a better deal as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it actually gets sold in Hong Kong and in China before we get it, mostly because that's the biggest market for them right now. Sony has appreciated and learned that the Asian market, specifically China, uh, has been basically a very big adopter of their technology, and they're using it as a status symbol which it's not uncalled for. I mean, I grew up knowing Sony was the best product. Like we knew when I grew up in Lebanon that if you were buying Sony, like a Sony speaker, a Sony TV or a Sony stereo, you knew that was going to be the best experience you get there. And Samsung, although it was a good name, was not uh, ever held in the same status when it came down to those type of electronics. So for me, when you look at it right now, Xperia is truly a step above. Heck, man, it still has two features that everybody has been basically removed, not only removed, but don't even want to bring back a headphone jack and an, and an SD card. And not only that, a headphone jack that allows us to use it as a microphone input. So really productivity level. But I'm with you. I um, Let's talk. If it drops to 1500 before I get my own uh, my own unit, uh, we'll, we'll definitely set it up at there. Uh, I'm Team Sony on this one. <laughs> Ibrahim, uh, Earl, oh, sorry, Earl, Earl Owens, I'm Team Sony. Um, so I'm, I'm going to a little bit torn, right? So on Thursday, Juan and I talked about it, and uh, Juan was asking me the question, was basically like straight out, do you feel as excited about this Pixel 6 Pro as you did back with the Pixel 4 XL? Um, the, 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 the time test of how fast I'm able to remove my SIM card from it hasn't taken effect yet because it's just been a week or so. Um, and I'm working, by the way, on a video to kind of just summarize my experience so far. Uh, and I think as, as Juan is doing as well. Uh, right now, I have two separate devices that do two separately entire, they're two entirely different experiences. Pixel is really more about the point and shoot, right? You point the camera, you may have to tap and focus, but for the most part, it's a point and shoot, it's an auto mode, and it does, it's a consistent experience that you know every time you take out the camera, you know exactly what you need to do. Sony is a little bit more intentional and you need to know what you're going to do. You need to set up, set up certain things. It's a little bit more manual. It, they do have an auto mode, which is the basic camera. I don't recommend you using it. It's a weird thing, right? Like I, I know there's an auto mode built into this, but you wouldn't buy a Ferrari just to buy it on autopilot, just to drive it on autopilot, right? You want to enjoy driving the car. And that's why I feel like we're Sony and well, right now with the Pro Y and the 6 Pro, it's a different team. You have to basically feel like you need to be either one or the other. I'm really enjoying the Pixel 6 Pro. I'm not going to lie. I love what they have done. And I said this on, on Thursday, why, that I'm the only thing that's for, holding me back right now from putting my SIM card in there permanently isn't the phone and it isn't the processing. And believe it or not, it's really funny, but it's the storage capacity. Nothing's wrong with the storage capacity with the one I have, but I filled it up and I filled it up in less than a, five days of having it. Now, don't get me wrong. 128 is probably more than enough for a lot of people, but I feel like once we have 4K30 as a standard, which is what I shoot for right now, and the images that are coming out of here, and then, of course, with all the apps that you want to install, data, and so on, 4K30, I mean, I feel like 128 is probably not the right size for me. 
Since I filled it up and I want to basically keep my SIM card in this much longer, I am trying to get my hands on on a 256 without paying $2,000 for that phone, which is ridiculous that, that scalpers are basically just doing that right now. Um, I'll say this much. I'm excited that Pixels are getting the fan, the, the fan service that they're due for a very, very long time. Um, I just don't like how the scalpers do it, where they'll buy the phones just to sell them. Like, okay, I get it. You're trying to make a quick buck. Uh, at the end of the day, this is something that, I don't know, maybe you have your own reasons. But it puts it in a situation that if I wanted to order the phone from Google right now, I have to wait till January, which is a very long time in smartphone and in reviewing uh, type of an experience. Because even though I know the, uh, the year isn't over, I know there's going to be a few more devices coming up. We know for the, if, for, if nothing else, the S21 FE should be coming up at some point. Um, I'm pretty sure Xiaomi is going to be putting out some devices or anything like that. You know, if, uh, it, again, it's just normal. Um, so I, I'm not surprised or I wouldn't be surprised if my SIM card kind of does get a little bit taken from one side to the other. So the short answer is this. I really like it. Um, but I also like the Xperia, the, the Xperia Pro I. I love what it offers. I love the way that I can actually really use it as a professional tool. It's a pro device. This is truly the pro device. Google's usage of the word pro is very much a page from what Samsung and what Apple is doing. And they're using the pro for an additional sensor, larger display, better experience. But that, for me, like that's not necessarily the right word to use with it. I feel like this would have been a, definitely a much better 6XL. Like call it what you were calling them before, stick to that. But I also understand why they use the Pro. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to uh, blame one side saying like, you, you know, don't copy that experience. They're trying to focus saying, look, this is the best that we offer and this is our professional level. There are some professional experiences in here that are different than the Xperia, uh, Xperia 6. But I feel like the XL would have probably done the exact same job since specifically they've used the XL multiple times, even last year, right? Um, so it's uh, well, actually in the last year, I think the 4A 5G, they called it. They took away the XL moniker after the 4XL. And I actually like the XL. Extra large, I know it sounds like a weird name and it sounds like a drink option, but to me, it was the right decision. So hopefully we'll see how that went. Um, oh, here, Chris Lopez is saying, I can't stand how OEMs um, uh, keep taking uh, taking the SD card uh, slots out, headphone jack, except for Sony. I think at the end of the day, which is the weird part, we still have headphone jacks and we still have SD card options on, uh, I would say, more budget smartphones. So it's not like they took them out, but it was more about, like, they wanted to focus and, and control the experience on the higher-end models. The mid-rangers are also getting a hit with this at this point. So mid-range to high-end models, those devices are losing features. Um, we're not going. We're starting to see basically. You no, know, so Google doesn't include a charger in the box. I ordered one. Hopefully, it'll be here in a week. Um, we see obviously Samsung doesn't do that anymore on their high-end devices, and of course, we already know that Apple doesn't do it on their device or any of their devices now, since they don't have like a lot of high-end or mid-range. Apple just is Apple. So when we look at all of these things, we're seeing that basically it's a trend, and it's a trend that seems to benefit. Um, it doesn't really benefit the user. The charger in the box, I'll say this from now till next week, it doesn't matter. It, there's no reason to take it out, at least not for the reasons that they're being used. They should have included it in the box. And especially for the price point, I feel like iPhones and Samsung devices with the you know $1,000, $1,500 starting price should not be any way, shape, or form trying to save a $20 accessory or, or make us char, uh, pay another $20 for an accessory. So at the end of the day, I'm really concerned there. Uh, Google following suit, again, this again, it's a trend. Sony, though, is at the end of the day focusing on trying to be what they do. Well, they're trying to focus on what they do best. 
And it's almost like when somebody focuses a channel or does a YouTube channel and they only do one specific thing, right? And that's what they're known for, right? Like the what's inside, that's what they do. They open things up and they check them out. Sony's saying, look, we are great. We are absolutely fantastic at cameras. And we can bring that experience to smartphones where other smartphones can't. We can give you a 4K 120 hertz refresh rate on the display. We can give you an SD card. We can give you ultra wideband. We can give you 5G as sub six, and we can make it a very good experience for you. That's where it gets a little bit different conversation right there. So I feel like Sony is not listening to the rest of the uh, rest of the ecosystem right now and just literally look into that tunnel vision and keep working at it. And I want them to do that. I'm a fan of what they do. I'm a big fan of their technologies. I have so many cameras from them and so many devices from them that I it's it's something that I truly trust. I wouldn't be upgrading from an A7 III to an A7 IV and you know putting money on top of my uh, my camera, which has served me very well if I didn't believe in their ecosystem and I didn't really like what they do. So Sorry, it sound, I don't want to make it sound like I'm Team Sony at this point, but I definitely like what Sony does and what they're doing uh, every day. Uh, Gregory's in there. Hmm. So Russ had a good comment. If they remove the charger, they should make it make it more universal at a higher wattage. And I think that's a better solution to look at. Right? You're right. When you're looking at it from what um, at least Xiaomi does, Xiaomi's providing us a more consistent experience. So you can use some of their older chargers and you'll, you'll still get a fast connection. But if you're going to remove, let me say this, I think USB-C should be on everything. That's and, and if anybody believes otherwise on Apple, we can have that conversation. So that's one thing. The other thing I think I'm with there, I'm with you, Russ. Uh, the fact I think is if you're going to remove the charger and if you are going to basically call, force us to buy it as an accessory, we should standardize it. Everybody should be using the same standard with the exception of proprietary. And what I mean by this is like Qualcomm Quick Charge. That's a Qualcomm proprietary technology that you can't have on Tensor. So by definition, we can't have Google Pixel 6 and 6 Pro use that type of technology because that's a Qualcomm technology. Now, they can use PD. Power delivery is absolutely one of the more common ones. Um, there's a lot of chargers on the market, like gang chargers and so on, that you're able to get that provide you the best experiences there. So at the end of the day, standardizing it in maybe a standard of like 30, 60, and uh, maybe 105, depending on the experiences you want, I think that'll be the better solution and will help us in the long run from having to buy chargers over and over. Unless you're a brand new user to that ecosystem, yeah, right, that would be it. I can keep using my PD 30-watt uh, chargers or 45-watt charger and get the best experience of charging my phone and never have to worry about fumbling for chargers. I know which one works, and it works everywhere. So hopefully that, that does become a thing. Um, here, is the new Sony uh, phone better than the iPhone 13 Pro? So, Mohammed, I, I, I appreciate you asking for that comparison, and I'll say this. Would you... And I'll answer the question, but I want to reverse the question back to you because this is something that's important whenever anybody asks the comparison between these two. Do you have both of those phones or would you actually be considering buying a 13 Pro or a, uh, basically the, uh, the, Xperia, uh, you know, the Xperia Pro I? The reason I say this is the comparison between them is very different. Sony is very much a manual. You control every aspect of the shot. You control how the audio is processed, which lens you're using, how the lens is performing, and at what f-stop you're setting up the lens. You don't get anywhere close to that with iPhones. Flip the switch over to the other side. iPhones are very much about point and shoot. They give us a few modes with, you know, depending on what you're trying to do, they're getting better at providing you more uh, professional level tools. 
But at the end of the day, it's really trying to focus and uh, very much give you a different type of an experience. Are they better in certain circumstances? One is better than the other. And you can say that exactly about both the iPhone as well as the, uh, the Sony Xperia. It really comes down to what you're trying to do. If you're not trying to be fully in control of what you're doing on your Xperia, then the Sony is not for you. And I wouldn't even consider that device. I think what you probably want to focus more on a smartphone that you feel comfortable in and in the ecosystem that you already are subscribed to. So if you're already an Android user, I'm with you. It makes sound like the iPhone is much better. But the reality is, would you change from Android to iOS that quickly and go over to the iPhone 13? because of the camera itself or is it because you want more than that you want that phone that works the way you want it to work so Hamad, i'm hoping i answered that question but again i would love to know for you if you can respond to that one would you actually buy one or the other the price difference is massively great close to maybe 800 to nine almost 900 especially since you mentioned the 13 pro not the max so i'm assuming you're going to the regular size one so just keep in mind $1,800 for the Xperia Pro I. It's not a close proximity and it's a very different experience. Uh, Chris, I think, jumped back in. Uh, but yet Apple, okay, so but yet Apple uh, brings out uh, brings out lossless audio, but you need the headphones, a headphone jack to be able to get it to work. So that was a little bit of a faux pas and it still has not been corrected, which is a weird approach. Um, like, I don't understand the, 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 the philosophy behind what Apple's trying to do. It's almost like they're trying to bug their own user base for an extended amount of time about a feature that they brought in, but they're not letting anybody use it with their own server, with their own hardware and having to go to other uh, devices like, um, you know, like basically like uh, the, the bolt uh, here. Sorry, I was like uh, the helm, the, the bolt helm, the little mini DAC that I have, the USB-C one. Now you have to use it with adapters you have to do a whole bunch of different things with it but at the end of the day you know yeah to enjoy lossless audio the best audio quality that apple offers through apple music you need to use third-party accessories and i think by the time they release it i feel like they'll probably do the same thing where they're like we just invented lossless audio and it's going to be the best way on your brand new airpod insert name and moniker um, i'm still surprised to this day that they went with the the new airpods that they released they still went with the open back like i don't understand why I understand that the the use case scenario. So if you want to buy use, you know, AirPods and so on, um, and you want to have the ability of listening, that's uh, makes sense to me. But at the end of the day, what most people end up doing is they bump up the audio to cancel out the outside noise, and then when you do that, you're hurting your ears in the long run. And I feel like for those type of experiences, you probably want to get good in-ear inserts to at least provide some better sound isolation. So you don't have to bump up the audio. There's it's just really not needed. Uh... Okay, I think maybe I missed it. Uh, ta -ta -ta. Okay, so uh, Baron is asking a quick question here. Okay, which camera pro? Okay, uh, which camera pro? I okay, which one? So I'm assuming you're asking is which one would you prefer, uh, pick the the Xperia the Xperia Pro I, the six Pro or the iPhone 13 Pro Max? Ah, I think that that kind of goes in the same 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 direction as what we talked about with Hamad uh, on that question. Inserting the Pixel Six Pro is very much just inserting Google's game into what iPhone and and Sony does. I really want you to think of this. Sony is controlled by an alpha group. Alpha cameras are professional level cameras. That's what you're getting with the Xperia Pro I. This is truly embodying a professional experience in a phone. This is intended for best performance is really to use it with the Video Pro, the Cinema Pro, and the Camera Pro. 
the basic mode is there for those you know run and gun kind of like a general image but it's not the it's not going to be the best performance that you can get from this device the best autofocusing the best uh you know uh, multiple uh, exposures taken in, in you know, like 20 frames per second all of those things are not going to come out out of the basic mode they're going to come out of the pro section so i really wouldn't compare and say that sony is better or yet it's better in what it does on the professional level absolutely if you're getting this to do work with it, if you're getting this to be a professional vlogger and you want to get those experiences, Sony will exceed in that. Are you trying to get that device to just basically pay $1,800 and then all you want to do is basically just point and shoot? Then you really have to pick what works for you best. I think the 11 Pro, um, sorry, the 6 Pro and the 13 Pro Max are going to give you the best experience on both ecosystems. I still prefer images coming out of the, the pixel. I think Sony does great pic, uh, great video and it does great pictures, uh, but it does need to be a little bit more um, specific and thought of and ahead, ahead of what you're trying to do. Google knows and they've done this and they've proven it very well. I can take the phone, go outside, take a picture, and it's going to take a really de a pretty decent picture. It's not going to be overly saturated. It's not going to be overly, um, you know, what, what Juan likes to call unicorn puke color kind of thing. It's going to look good and you know it's going to look great. Um, I posted a couple of pictures this morning of uh, some of the Halloween stuff going on and you could see it does an amazing job. That's exactly how it's supposed to do. Uh, Sony would do the exact same thing. It would just take me a little bit more to be able to set up the shot and get it configured in the right way to be able to take those images. So I wouldn't compare those three because they're so different from each other and I don't think one user would be considering those three devices in the same spectrum. The first two, the 13 Pro Max and the 6 Pro more than likely, but when you're looking at it, it's truly in the experience. Those are intended to be for the general consumer base. You take it, you take a picture with it, you're able to control a few things with it. If you want to get a really uh, professional, there are third-party apps for both the iPhone and the Pixel to give you the ability of getting better images on them. So there's always going to be extra tools. But native functionality, Sony is the pro. The other two are going to give you a great experience in their, their own ecosystem. But again, it's not to be compared with the Sony. I feel like Sony is in its own, it's in its own um, category. There's really no, no better way of saying it. Uh, they've, they've done this and they've not only heard what the user wants, but they're like doubling and tripling down on it. And I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. Um, Hans is in there, ATK, waving, hope you're doing well. What's the difference between the Xperia 1, uh, 1 Mark III and the Xperia Pro I? Uh, so the biggest difference between the two, I would say, is um, no wireless charging, uh, the better grip. I feel like the material on the outer side here is more, the, the ridges on here are a little bit better, so it's better for gripping as opposed to just being a flat surface. It has the same matte back on the back. Uh, the sensors, obviously, uh, there's two different sensors in here. The 50 mega, uh, sorry, the uh, 24 megapixel sensor is a one inch sensor. And then now we have a 50 millimeter uh, equivalent lens as opposed to the 70 that we have. And also the one Mark three has two telephotos. So there's a 70 and a 105 where here we only have a 50. So we don't have the, uh, the, the dual aperture uh, lenses. Other than that, I think it's pretty much the exact same experience. Oh, sorry, 12 gigs of RAM and 512 internal storage as opposed to the 256 uh, you get on the Xperia 1 Mark III. So there's also a little bit of a difference there. So those are the things I think that are they're quantifying the cost benefit the, to jump that extra 600 bucks to be able to hit the 1800 uh, for the Xperia Pro I. So I'm hoping that makes sense. And I do need to drink. Hmm. Okay. So he, actually, we have a good question. Paul Davis is asking an interesting question here. Should I jump from the S20, uh, from, the, from the Samsung S20 Plus over to a Pixel? I'll say first and foremost, always for anybody that's reviewing or anybody that's looking to upgrade, 
if you're not satisfied with what you're getting there, then obviously, yes, you should definitely look into the options that you have on the market. And I probably would recommend you jumping straight into the Xperia, uh, sorry, the, the Pixel 6 directly. Uh, if you want to jump over to the higher end, then go to the Pixel 6 Pro. You can justify the $300 difference there. Mostly because the sensors that you have coming from the S20 Plus, you're probably used to having a telephoto, an ultra wide, and a standard focal length. And if you go to the 6, you're not going to have both of those. Um, I think you're definitely going to be very surprised with how good pixels are and how good how much they've improved. And keep in mind also, there's still the Pixel 5a that came out. A lot of people are not talking about it, but the reality is there's three devices that came out at the end of the year from from Google: the 5a, the 6, and the 6 Pro. So uh, it is definitely an easy recommendation. My only thing I would say is make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, I mentioned on Thursday, or uh, yeah, on the Saturday morning, uh, sorry, the best of our week, that I can't wait to get the 256 so I can take my SIM card out of the S21 Ultra. And um, I forgot who, I saw somewhere somebody, some people were asking, it's like, why would you want to leave Samsung? And is, is the Pixel 6 Pro that much better? For everything that I need out of my smartphone, the Pixel 6 Pro does it better. The experience of Google services, um, just everything running, uh, the the less congested uh, ROM uh, running on top of Android is also present very, very much here. The cameras are very nice. I think the biggest held up that I've always had in this have always been uh, the functionalities in the front-facing camera where I feel like a lot of companies just has ignored for the longest time. And I rely on my front-facing camera. Although I don't think a lot of people do, and I know Juan is listening to, my, to the show right now. He'll be basically kicking me next time he sees me. Um, I actually do like to have a good experience. I, there's a few phones on the market that still gave us, like LG. Seriously, the, v, the V60, um, just like 4K60 on everything is the way to go. And Android for the longest time, or at least OEMs, have always given us a very okay experience on smartphones. So that's why I feel like the Pixel 6 Pro is going to be one of the best ones on the market. So I, I definitely would recommend this to anybody, as well as the Pixel 6, because again... Everything that I'm seeing here, with the exception of the telephoto and the larger display and the curved edges, I think you pretty much can get in the, on the Pixel 6 and still be very happy with it. This is the big benefit there. And um, this is one of the things I think a lot of people need to appreciate, what you're getting for so little money. I don't think Google's making a lot of money. They're really trying to get people to get their hands on Pixels. And this is going to be a change, a big change in the, in the ecosystem. Uh, Muhammad, thank you. Muhammad Abbas, thank you very much. I love you, bro. I appreciate it. Um, uh, Kimo is asking, how are you doing? I think we're doing good. I'm hoping you're doing well as well. Uh, Max, Google shouldn't buy, uh, should buy LG Mobile and get and go to the next level. Amen to that. Amen. To, I would love to see Google take on LG hardware and give us pixels that are LG. Like basically kind of, if you guys remember the Google Play edition, uh, the the GP uh, the Google Play Edition devices. I think LG had one, Samsung had one, and I think HTC had one. I think it was one of the HTC ones. Um, that's always like the dream, right? Um, when when we used to start doing modding and and, and rooting and, and changing operating system on smartphones, literally one of the more popular smart uh, sorry one of the more popular ROMs, Lineage OS, brought a Google esque stock Android experience to the devices that it supported. So it took away all of the extra bloatware, it took away all of the extra animation and all of that stuff, which don't get me wrong, it's, it's fine and it's beautiful and it does its thing. But at the end of the day, you need to understand what you look for in your smartphone. I'm a person that looks at my smartphone as a computer. My, my, my smartphone is a tool that enables me to do what I need to do. No different than my PC, no different than my laptop. At the end of the day, 
My phone needs to do the things that I need it to do so I can move on in my life, so I can do better, be a better person, be a more productive person. So the cameras are important, but they're not the only thing I like it. Um, the only reason I, I buy the phone, the cameras, the processing power, the simplicity in the UI. Google has a very interesting approach with Material U. It's very graphical, but it's not heavy. Where if we see the same experience on, let's say, a Samsung, Samsung devices do slow down. Heck, this is one thing that drives me crazy. Okay, if you have a Samsung and if you've used a smartphone from Samsung before, and if you've ever installed the Samsung Labs app, they have something on their devices for the S21 Ultra. And every time I get an update from Samsung, like an, OA, an OTA update, first thing that happens after I get that notification that says your phone's been updated is a notification that comes right ab above that from Samsung Labs. Did your phone slow down after the last update? Here's what you can do to speed it up. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bit like you're the one who slowed me down, but then you're the one telling me how you can help me speed it up. It's a little bit of a give, take and give there. So I, at the end of what I would say is, look, pick the phone that you feel comfortable with, but pick it for the right reasons. I pick it because I want it to be a computer and I want it to be a very good, efficient tool. Pixel 6 Pro right now is a super efficient, very well-versed, Google-esque system on a chip as well as a device. It fits the Google lifestyle tremendously. I rely on Google services, and therefore it makes perfect sense. Xperia fits my professional experience where it comes to the actual camera production. Like if I want to produce content like a movie or a shoot a video, don't get me wrong, not that I wouldn't use the Pixel 6 Pro to make uh, videos out of it, but I would rather if I have access to both of them, I would pick the, uh, the, uh, the Xperia Pro I over the Pixel 6. And it's not because the Pixel 6 can't do it, it's because of the control that I can get here and what I'm able to do with the Xperia Pro. That's the difference. It's like use what you can for what you need, but don't use one for everything. There's, you know, like a, uh, what's it called? They call them, um, like, a, uh, I forgot what the saying is. Something like where you're uh, you're good at everything, but you're not good at, uh, you're, you're okay at everything, but you're not good at one thing. So you want to be basically good for what you do and focus on that. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, let me see here. According to, uh, to to calculations, the Pixel 6 camera sensor is actually larger than the Pixel 6, uh, than the Xperia Pro I. Okay, so what you're looking at is, it's, it's the way the camera, it, the, the way the images are processed and what they're doing. Sensor size is one factor in an equation when you're looking at images. And I realize that there are, um, like having Sony go and say basically that this is a one inch sensor. I mean, it's, it's the physical size of the sensor is one thing and how much they're using of it is another. And what we're getting essentially is an equivalent, roughly equivalent 12 megapixel camera images still. It's, it's that ever so, you know, even with the 150, 100 and, uh, you know, 105 megapixel camera, and then the output is still technically been down to 12, 12 megapixels. So when you're looking at it, I, I agree, there is a little bit of... Um, what I would want to say essentially is uh, like it's like saying it's a one inch sensor, but not necessarily using an entire the entire part of it. That's going to be something that we need to keep in mind and see what, what they're offering. I think it's a marketing, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to brass tacks, what you're doing, what you're using, there is definitely some massive improvements in the quality of the images, the processing and um, what they're trying to do with video. And of course, the, uh, the, uh, the video tracking face and eye detection in video, that's going to be a big improvement into their own ecosystem. 
we've seen other devices use the GN1. The, the sensor that we have on the on the Pixel 6 is something that we've seen, I think, on the Xperia 1, not the Xperia, sorry. Um, so it's on the Pixel 6 Pro, Pixel 6, on the uh, Vivo. Vivo's using the GN1 as well as the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra. And Xiaomi was one of the first ones to use it, to actually release a phone with it. And it, I, I appreciate the fact that it's a very strong sensor. It does amazingly well when used properly with the right set of tools. So it depends on what you're using. I mean, if Juan was in the conversation right now, he would tell me right now that the uh, the Vivo would be his more, his more he, he would choose the Vivo to shoot a picture more so than he would do that with a Pixel, mostly because of the controls. And it's the same thing. For video creation, I would use the Xperia Pro i over the Pixel 6 Pro. But it doesn't mean that I would probably buy it over for that specific. I would get it purposely for the creation tools that it's able to provide me. So I, I hope that makes sense there. Uh, before labs, uh, they were good. <laughs> there was good luck. Uh, so Russ, actually, they still have both. Uh, both of them are actually still sitting in there. So good luck still gets updated, and I think at some point it's going to get updated to um, on one UI 4.0 beta. What they're doing right now, uh, the uh, <laughs> Twitch. Uh, uh, dude, uh, thank you very much for for the follower. We just got a new follower on Twitch. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, uh, at the end of the day, Good Lock still has a lot of nice modules that do very nice things. And what, so, what Samsung did, uh, and they got smart about it, and I think I have to give them credit for that. So Good Lock took features, they added features to, Sony, to Samsung devices, uh, but they, they play a little game. So when I used to mod most of my Samsung devices to get more features in them, because exposed modules on, uh, on Android gave us a lot of these little unique features, things that we could do, changing certain functions that have been maybe disabled by default on the smartphone. Samsung decided to figure that out, and they're like, look, we'll give you these modules as accessories and things that you need to install separately. But what kills me about it, this is the weirdest thing, they don't advertise it. They don't talk about it. Literally, you find out about GoodLock because you go on YouTube and somebody like in some of my old earlier videos, you'll see basically the tips and tricks, install and run GoodLock and you'll get so many more functions. And um, the Samsung Labs, it's actually even more less, uh, it's less, not more, it's less known because it's something that you have to dig for and look for it. So at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is um, it's something to say where your phone can do so much and then you can add more things to it and make it better. I feel like with that experience, a lot of the things that we see in GoodLock, I think it should be a pre-installed app. I don't think GoodLock should be something you need to go find. Uh, and that's, I think Sony needs to kind of take that step. Uh, it's not Sony. Samsung needs to take that step and then learn and start incorporating it and not limited by geo geographic locations, which is another thing. Depending where you are in the world, you may or may not even know GoodLock exists because Samsung decided that it's not available in your market. And I know that specifically from the Middle East. They sell phones in the Middle East. They'll sell their own versions of the phones, but they don't allow uh, GoodLock to be available in that area. And what I don't understand is why. It's software. It doesn't damage the phone. It's intended to be run on their devices. But it's something to keep that in mind. Yeah, but I'm with you. I remember I still have GoodLock as well. Uh, okay. Sony, uh, so Sony takes raw photo, uh, photos with no post-processing versus iPhone and Google taking photos with software processing. Uh, actually, Sony does also do uh, their own uh, com uh, compound raw images as well. They have an option for their own uh, like log type of an uh, experience. So they do have a little bit of compression as well. It is, although it's pretty close to the, what raw, the raw image that you're intending of it. But if I edit Sony pictures later on, it, I, it could achieve a higher quality photos, natural bokeh and so on. 
it's again the the experience that you're getting there is you do have the option of getting the actual raw not compressed and also the i would call it basically like the sony raw where they're also doing that again with other devices because i know pixels allows you to save both jpeg and raw when you take an image and it's but it's still a compressed uh, raw so i i'm with you it's one of those again um, who's in charge of the camera department alpha Alpha experience is what you're expecting there. So for if you're going to be professional, which means you are going to do a little bit of light, you know, uh, color correction or maybe editing or post-processing on a PC with the right tools, yes, Sony's can definitely take you further. That's just the way the ecosystem is there. I don't think, I mean, not to say that you couldn't do really good pictures out of your smartphone, let's say be it a Pixel or a, uh, let's say, you know, an iPhone. But it just, I think at the end of the day, it's depending on what you're doing. And when you buy a purposely, yeah, a, when you buy a phone for the specific reason, and that reason is to be able to create content that you can edit and make money off of, that's the experience that you want to do. I think that's when you start changing the, the tools that you're using. But I'm with you. Let me double check here. I think we're going, uh, da, da, da. okay. Uh, Lank, uh, Lanky is asking, is there any chance that Google can launch the Pixel 6 series in India uh, maybe after two to three months later and uh, and any heating issues with the Pixel 6 Pro. Uh, so the second part of that, I'll explain, no. Uh, uh, does it get warm? Yes, absolutely. There's no difference, obviously, with any smartphone. If you play or if you do certain things for an extended amount of time, it is going to get a little bit warm. But no heating issues like what we see with the 888. We're not cooking on the back of this one. As far as launching in India, this is something that I've, I've loved. I always appreciate when, when we get those questions. And I'll say that very, very basically, the best way to, for Google to release a phone in a specific market is, is for them to support it. I have not been able to see, see essentially where they, and don't get me wrong, they should be in every market. And I think they need to start expanding at a much faster pace. People that are fans of the Pixel series are always people, uh, not always people are in the market for them, but also people in outside. Like I know a lot of my Middle East uh, in the, you know, the, the Arab world uh, that love Pixels and love what Google offers on their smartphones, but they can't get access to them. So it's really kind of like a torn experience. But the Pixel 6 this year with that eight with that 599 price point, it actually could be a really good contender to go into India and go into other markets, as well as the Pixel 6 Pro at the 899 price point. The pricing is not alienating anybody. That's one of the reasons why they're so popular. They were priced correctly. And Google learned this last year. This is what last year taught Google with the uh, Pixel 5. The Pixel 5 was a dramatic shift in what the Pixel 4 XL was and the Pixel 4. And it gave us the price point where people were comfortable and were willing to spend. And I think what we saw this year is them doubling down even more on that by starting the 599 Pixel 6 and the 899 Pixel 6 Pro. Those are very reasonable, very well priced for the features type of an experience. And I think because we know how Google is and how they're going to improve things, why people are buying it. So I, I, I'm with you. I want to see them in more markets. I definitely want to see them in more uh, India, Middle East, all the markets that are, are begging to get Pixel experiences in there and they're not able to. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of time. Sony is kind of in the same boat. They're, they're not everywhere. And, they're, and their focus right now is shifting towards where they're getting the most attention, which, again, China launched first and then the rest of the world comes after because that's what makes sense to Sony right now. So hopefully that gets you the, that that's the answer you were looking for there. Uh, is there any Android device that beats the iPhone in video? There's a lot of devices that beat them when it comes down to specific scenarios uh, for video. Uh, I don't think iPhones make the best videos. I think they are a very well 
tailored experience. And when I say this, the color calibration between the different lenses and the ability of getting 4K60 is an amazing feature. But does it mean that those are going to be the best videos that you can get? It's, again, it depends on your, on your taste and how you like to see your videos. So when we look at this experience, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that iPhones make the best. I think they're one of the better options on the market. Um, I think I still would probably prefer going with a V60 in manual mode or maybe even a Sony in manual mode for specific scenarios, especially when I'm trying to get a specific look where I feel like the iPhone camera can't provide that experience for me. So it depends on what you needed. But um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely up there and, and Apple's been improving it. This is literally one of their bread and butters. Knowing how their video camera runs is pretty much how you, you know, you could bank on the same way we know that Google knows how to provide us with the best post-processing images on the, uh, on the market. And everybody else is trying to catch up to a certain point. Hopefully that makes sense there. Uh, oops, I think I jumped like a 6,000 uh, messages. Let me see here. Da, da, da. Let me go back real quick. Um, Dominic one here. Okay, let's jump back with this one. Uh, you know what? One second, Dominic. Actually, we're gonna. Uh, Nicholas is in there. He had a quick question. So I own a Note and an S7 Edge. Wow. Okay. Um, I have the S7 Edge as well. Sorry. Uh, I don't. I'm not using it, but I still have a Note. Uh, both. Both the Note. Uh, it's a go, the the Note got almost 20 minutes uh, screen. Okay, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm reading. Okay, so with uh, both, what? Okay, both with the note got 20 minutes of screen uh, screen time, uh, then the charge. So with dots, uh, uh, both. Okay, both, so we got the HTC U12. Okay, I remember that one as well, and had nine months. Uh, with my bother for the for for the XZP, okay. Um, so I'm assuming he's he's kind of given us a little bit of a background on some of the devices he's used. So the Note, the S7 Edge, uh, battery life wasn't exactly the best, but again, jumping on the HTC U12, uh, HTC is bad, man. I miss HTC. I really miss what HTC stood for. And of course, Sony's um, the XZ uh, the XZ uh, XZP uh, Sony there, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of devices on the market that. Uh, seriously, like you say the name and it just brings a memory, especially like the HCC, especially, you know, the M9, like seriously. Hmm. Or the M7 with boom sound. I mean, that's literally one of those, it's it's one of those devices you always appreciate. Uh, <laughs> uh, Earl Owens, same thing. Yeah, he found out about good luck on YouTube uh, because... Samsung doesn't advertise it. It's a feature, and I think it's an amazing feature that they are literally letting be kind of like a, sl a sleeper. But the reason I think that they don't advertise it, I think it ties back to the whole geo uh, location uh, option that they have. They don't have it available for everyone in the world. So if they announce it during their launch event, which is an international launch event, people in other countries are going to start bagging on them. So they don't announce it there. And they don't do launch events for specific markets. Uh, like Honor as a brand, they just did the launch for the European uh, market for their Honor 50. And that's a specific region launch. So they're not launching in the Middle East or anything. This is specifically to that area. I think that would be something if Samsung started, started to do that, then they can talk about it a little bit more. But it's I wish would be something that people would talk more about uh, and make sure that other people, especially Samsung device owners, know. Okay. So jumping back with Dominic, uh, TK, since I have the alpha, uh, since I have an alpha camera, so it's a perfect one. I always prefer the Sony color on the Xperia phone. I just found, uh, I found Samsung and Apple's colors to be very fake. So this is going to be very much talking to how Sony processes, how Sony's experience is different than another iPhone manufacturer. And the reason we say this is there is that post-processing in, again, injecting or boosting certain colors and assuming that what you're creating out of that camera is going straight to social media. 
I think that 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 processing to a certain point in different in different devices uh, is different than what we get with Sony. Sony jumps in with a better shot to start with. If you want to edit and you want to do a little bit of a I would say basically modding or customizing in the image. You're free to be able to do that, and you are more 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 so than uh, than not getting true representation of what the image is and the colors that are in this scene. Uh, and again, you can also modify it. The others are heavily focusing on post processing because that's what they're known for. This is why when somebody likes an iPhone and they take pictures with the iPhone for, for years and they come on and they see what a picture comes out from a Sony or see when a picture comes out from a Samsung or an iPhone or a Pixel, they're like, the pictures look very different. Well, that's it's just the color science. You're, you've trained your eye to appreciate and like a specific style. It's like music. You like a specific genre of music or maybe a few genres, but you don't necessarily like every genre. And this is why when somebody that jumped in from, let's say, a pop and rock to something that goes into heavy metal or deep trance or something like that, those are going to be very polarizing experiences. But at the end of the day, they're all music. They're all good. So absolutely. I'm, I'm with you, uh, Dominic. Once you use a camera or a DSLR and you see the kind of images that you get, like right now, what you guys are seeing right now, this is purely alpha camera experience. Now, I... I have to say that obviously it's it's being cropped and, and obviously compressed through the YouTube algorithm to be at 720p. And that's something that I can't control. But in the videos that I'm shooting and now that I produce basically for the most part 4K video on everything, you're going to get to see the experience of what Sony can can do with the optics. And that's what they're doing to their devices. You you, you really, there's it's hard to tell. Well, not say it's, it's easy to tell when Sony's doing their work because it's so effortless. You need to know what you're doing but once you do, it works perfectly. Uh, let me jump in here. Da, uh, Russ, oh, I think Russ was answering, uh, answering Davin. Let's jump back here. Uh, you know, okay, I'll, I'll say this. Um, uh, um, Saddam, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Um, I will make sure that every time I get a chance to talk with the, uh, the, the team, the PR team and everybody at Google, uh, I always mention the fact that you know, those are the markets that they need to focus on. Don't get me wrong. India is a big market, and I think it, it behooves them not to have a presence there because their Google services are all over, but they need to make sure to bring in hardware to allow people to appreciate the experience that they're trying to sell. And again, same thing with the Middle East. It's a it's an untapped market for them, and I think it's it, it, they should be one of those things they definitely jump into. And I hope they do uh, very, very soon. Uh, Mo's jumping in here with the which one do you prefer uh, to watch movies on Pixel 6 Pro Xperia Pro I and, and does the, uh, <laughs> the the pinhole uh, bother you as much um, okay so I'll say this I'll answer the second part first the pinhole doesn't doesn't bother me as much either uh, as I've we've had punch hole cameras for some time this is not new I personally, if I had to, if I had to say, uh, if I had, a, if I had to give a recommendation to Google, I probably would have said to move it to the side. I don't think the center is the right spot for it. Pinhole camera should be sitting on the bottom left because when you're holding the phone, and let's say we're watching it, that area of the display is the one that with the least amount of information that ever shows up. You may see an action scene that goes across the display and will hit around it, but it's such a small presence. This is actually very, uh, very minimalistic. I don't have a problem with it uh, as much, but. At the end of the day, if I have to pick the device that gives me the best, when I put the both the Xperia versus uh, for versus Pixel, I prefer to watch my content in 4K. 4K 120 hertz for the win. Uh, that's something that you you really are married to with Sony. Sorry, I ended up turning on the camera so you guys could see me right there. Here, you could. Eh, is it? No, it's not gonna do it. It's is it? Oh, come on. 
Sony, why are we not doing it? Anyways, uh, Sony does does an amazing job of this. And I think it's one of those things I appreciate the most, especially when it comes to content consumption. So if I have to put both of them together, I think they're both going to perform very well. We have uh, QHD resolution, 120 frames per second. Obviously, it's much more closer to uh, a standard uh, form factor, although still more of a longer form factor than a regular smartphone. Um, but I feel like Xperia would give you the best, especially when you're able to turn on creator mode. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Sony smartphones has a feature called creator mode, which turns on for specifically video content. And it provides you the, uh, the it's almost like Dolby Vision for your video, but it actually represents the content in the original way the director is trying to shoot it for. And you can also uh, fine tune the color calibration on your display from white balancing as well as creator mode to get that best image. So again, I think Pixel 6 is an amazing display to watch on. I watch a lot of content on it. Uh, but if I had to pick between the two, I feel like the Xperia Pro I would definitely provide us a better experience. Ever since the Xperia 1, Xperia 1 Mark II, Xperia 1 Mark III, Xperia Pro and Pro I are all 4K. And now 4K 120 seems to be the standard. So we'll see. Saturated colors always, always, always. Uh, Pixel 7. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. Russ is jumping in on Pixel 7. He's not even waiting. We're not even talking about that. Um, if the Pixel 7 have a headphone jack uh, like their uh, like their A series uh, with, uh, with an SD card, uh, that is going to be an instant buy. So I appreciate the... I'll say this. I appreciate the, the approach what we see with... Uh, I think that there's a higher chance... Although both of them low, I think there's a higher chance for a headphone jacks to show up again on a Pixel 7, maybe A series, which I'm hoping they do. And that's probably what we're going to see next year. Um, but as far as an SD card, Google has always had a stance on speed of storage. And their biggest concern is the fact that SD cards can never be as fast as internal storage. And I think that's one of the reasons why we don't see um, SD cards on any Pixel smartphones. It's just, it hasn't been, and I don't think it would be something that they will bring back, uh, meaning bring in, because it was never there to start with. So when you look at it from an experience, I think it's also better for us to also appreciate what you're able to do. Sony's ability of giving us a one terabyte expansion with the SD card on it, I think it's something that also shows why they're giving it to you. It's because you're going to be creating content that's going to fill up that SD card, or at least the internal storage. So this is why you don't necessarily need the SD card to run things from. You're getting the SD card for offloading storage without having to plug into a phone, but still have access to that library. So hopefully the Pixel 7a does provide us that. Um, and that's one thing I'm hoping that Juan's approach when he was talking about the video, is the Pixel, is the A-series dead? I'm hoping that that's not true. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, a battery drain, t uh, okay, here. Uh, battery drain is the quest. Which one can hold the screen on time longer? So Ahmed, uh, Ahmed is asking an interesting question. So battery drain tests are interesting. Battery life on a smartphone in 2021 is a very subjective experience. And I say this because where you are, Ahmed, and where I am in the US and where is, you know, Russ or Dominic or Aditya or El Joso, anybody there in the, uh, you have to keep in mind, there are circumstances and factors are, uh, cir um, sorry, environmental factors that affect what your, what your experience is going to be. Pixel 6 Pro right now is getting a lot of flack and I'm not sure why I was able to get about over seven hours of screen on time seven hours and 11 minutes I think was one of my uh, my highest clocked in speed there I'm not having this experience where my battery is draining so fast that my phone is dying if you're going to be sitting and do but I will say this if you're outdoors and you're going to basically take a lot of pictures a lot of videos and you're testing it the way I was testing it 
couple of things I want to mention. A, your phone is not in the normal state of function. And what I mean by this is it's not the normal way you use your phone. I don't think any one of us on a normal day would say, you know what, I'm just going to go and shoot two to three hours worth of video and pictures, and I want my phone to last a day and a half. That's a scenario that you should expect your phone to run high uh, as far as high, high brightness, high, high processing power, and a lot of read and write and a lot of functions running at a high speed and even probably 5G connectivity if you're uploading. So keep that in mind when you're factoring a battery life. A battery drain experience is, is by no means a true standard. It's a reference point. So when, I, when you are in an area where you say don't have very good um, signal strength and your phone is consistently seeking signal, you're going to have a bad battery life. Your phone is just not going to operate as well. And at one point, T-Mobile for me in the, in, in the area that I live in had that. And it was a big thing that drove me crazy. And it was mostly because they don't really do well in buildings. T-Mobile's signal was always known, and this is where AT&T kind of benefited a little bit more. They had harder times going into buildings. Outside in general areas, T-Mobile phones ran just fine. It got better. The Pixel 6 Pro now, especially with the ability of uh, accessing the ultra capacity, the, the new network capabilities that Sprint brought into the merger uh, of T-Mobile, uh, gives me a much better signal. And therefore, I'm able to get a better battery life, even where I'm listening to music, watching content, uh, producing content, and of course, uh, even just just using it on a daily basis to run my business. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's going to give you a different experience. So what I would say, Ahmed, is I would say is this. Any phone that has a 5,000 milliampere battery will last you easy through a day. There's no question there. Unless there's a bug or something's wrong with the phone, there shouldn't be a reason for us to do a battery drain test to prove that 5,000 milliampere is enough. I think nowadays with the advancement, especially with the uh, the the processing power, the uh, just the overall functionality, we can pretty much tell most devices will last. And I think what ends up becoming a concern is how we use our phone. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, okay, I do want to scroll back a little bit, guys, because I see that there is a super chat there that I don't know why I'm missing. Oh, here it is. Um, hopefully I can... Uh, okay, so this is from the WCG XLR8. I'm hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, great content uh, you put on. Thank you very much. Also, <laughs> love your voice. Uh, good game, man. Good game. Appreciate it. Um, I do want to say I appreciate that. Yes, uh, I've had it a few times where uh, some people have commented to say, you know, um, the voice or at least the tone of the voice is, is something to kind of, be, you know, just all I, all I would say is thank God for for the for the for the way the voice is done there. But I also appreciate that you guys um, it, it makes it easy to consume to uh, to listen and watch the content. I think it always helps a lot. I think somebody commented somewhere. I forgot which video. Uh, they said that I have a, a very similar, very very similar, similar speech to like Dave 2D, like the way we talk and the the tonal conversation. So hopefully that <laughs> that makes sense. Um, okay, here's a good question. Uh, so here, uh, Vali is asking a, a good question here. For your daily for your daily usage of a, of, of sorry for the daily usage and photography, which one uh, would you choose, the Pixel Six Pro, or the Xperia Pro I? Uh, that's a on the daily, I probably would pick the Pixel 6 Pro more so than the Xperia Pro because I don't create content for consumption, like professional level content, as much on a daily basis. Um, I will probably say that if I'm out and about and I want to be able to basically just pick one of these two to take out with me, I more than likely I'll say this. Right now, when I go out, I'm taking both. 
Those are the two phones that are in my pockets because I carry two phones all the time. I have two SIM cards and I always carry two devices with me. Uh, the main one that I'm using right now for most of my productivity is the Pixel 6 Pro. And it's not because the, uh, the Xperia Pro is not good enough. This is a prototype. Not everything here is working and the software on it is not 100%. So when we start talking comparisons between the two, the reason why I, haven't, I didn't push out a, pub, you know, a, a review on the day of the announcement, uh, and the same thing with Juan Carlos and I, we both did videos on them, but we focused on what we were talking about, is because these are pre-production and the final hardware will not be available for another month and a half. So what we have here is not really, um, I'm not saying that it doesn't produce great content, I'm able to rely on the camera, uh, but there are certain things in here, uh, and I, I can't explain all of them exactly because, again, it's a prototype, uh, are not 100% functional. So I would probably pick the Pixel 6 Pro right now. I want to spend a little bit more time with the final hardware, with the, uh, the Xperia Pro I, and that'll get me to where I think will be a better solution for us. So for sure. But again, thank you very much uh, for the for the super chat. Uh, always, always appreciated. Uh, let me see here. Nordic country. Uh, okay, I think I'm, I'm, I may have missed the conversation. Uh, do your do your eyes get tired from pixel screen? Um, no, I, uh, going on a week and a half now. Uh, love. Um, the Pixel Six Pro. I said this, I think, on on Thursday's show is making me want to remove my SIM card from the S twenty one Ultra. I think to a certain point, I, I'm, I'm really, really f getting used to what Google is doing with their smartphone, with the Pixel New, the Material U. My love for the Pixel, uh, for the Pixel 4 XL was again something that stood out to me and it still stands out to me, and I feel like we're almost there with that replacement where, where Google took everything I loved about the Pixel 4 XL and brought it back and put it on a smartphone. And it is definitely a device that I'm very happy and very proud to call a daily driver and a device I can rely on a daily basis. This is one of the things I always appreciated what Google does is that when they do it, they do it right and it gets better over time. As opposed to what we typically do is we get a device that is at its peak when it's announced and as time goes on, we'll get a few you know mods, a few updates and so on. But for the most part, that's the experience you're getting. And the company's already moved on to the next version of the phone. Google's trying to sell you this Pixel 6 Pro for the next five years. They're not trying to sell it to you for the next year, next two years. Even their, the, the Pixel Pass that they talked about, it's an upgrade every two years, not every year. So keep in mind, this is truly an experience that you need to appreciate and see where Google's vision is trying to go with. Um, I'm hoping that we'll start getting more and more functional, at the, uh, more functional things added to it and better improvements overall. Uh, and for everybody having uh, you know battery concerns and so on, I truly would understand if you use that phone more than one week to give me that judgment telling me that the battery level is very bad, then we can start talking about it. The fact also, more people now, as days goes on, one day after another, more and more people are getting their pixels. Everybody that's caused the, uh, the pixel uh, sales to go all the way to January are getting their hardware. So the opinion of how pixels perform it's just going to get even bigger as more creator, more content creators put out the content online. And more of your friends start picking up devices that have uh, these powerful processors and experiences. So for sure, definitely very, very nice. Um, I think, hold on, let me double check real quick. Oh, man, I always, uh, dude, we have an Omar in the chat. <laughs> Lowen, uh, Wildfire Series, uh, and the ODM uh, phones probably uh, by Lava. Okay, so I'm not sure what he was answering, but definitely uh, welcome, welcome. Omar is a very, very, f I like Omar as a name, as you guys, uh, as you guys imagine. 
Um, I've owned three devices um, over one year, all Xperia's, uh, the S, the, uh, the XZP, and of course the Xperia one. This is uh, Nicholas is uh, jumping back in with this uh, again. Uh, and, uh, oh, and then there's one and one to five gigs at uh, one gigahertz. Um, and then 100, 100 hertz, fulfilled with 4.3 inches in 2012. Got it from a Sony working for 26 months. Wow. Okay. Very, very nice. Very nice. Uh, I want to say thanks to Greg. I think I saw somewhere there was a, uh, sorry, Greg. Uh, the Stormy Black is so nice, dude. So, so, so nice. Oh, dude. Okay, here it is. Thank you very much, Greg. I want to say first and foremost, obviously, outside of just this, thanks for the support. Thanks for being there day in and day out. Same with everybody in the chat. You guys are literally the best. They're, you're seriously the best. Um, and I appreciate you being part of the team, on the team, and helping out and helping and allowing us to be or evolving and getting to the next level. And of course, thanks to Juan Carlos. If, if you're not familiar with him, make sure to check him out. My buddy, my friend. Um, I love the fact that we did that dual, uh, the collaboration on this. And I have, and I made sure, uh, one of the things I really appreciated, I asked him to put a clip a little bit together explaining the sensor experience that you're getting on the Xperia Pro I. And I put that in the video for us on uh, on Monday's show that I posted. Uh, but thank you very much to Greg. Uh, hey, TK, love being, love being here and enjoying shows. Thank you so much. Always, always, man. You're seriously, uh, you and everybody in the chat, you know who you are. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, uh, da, da, da. I think I'm jumping in here. Okay, so here. Um, so Mortal King. Hey, I like that one. Okay, so only pixels. Sony is too expensive. Um, hey, TK, do you think about the second gen upcoming tensor? Uh, will it be will it beat the uh, an A16? So by the time uh, I'll, I'll say this. So processing power and chipset uh, development there's that cycle that you have to kind of appreciate, right? So we know one thing, Google typically releases their smartphones at the end of the year. So where right now they're t slightly trailing in, in benchmarks, not in real life usage, in, sm in some benchmarks below the 888. Obviously, whatever Qualcomm announces in, uh, in, at the Qualcomm at the end of the year, the next SOC series is obviously gonna be better. So for the most part, by definition, Google's always going to be catching up because of where they're releasing their devices. They don't release them at the beginning of the year, and they're not trying to be the latest and greatest. They're always trying to do their own. So when I look at it in, in the aspect of will, let's say, the Tensor 2, Tensor version 2, I don't know how they're going to name them, um, will it beat the A16? Probably not. There's a good chance that by the time the A16 is announced, Tensor's already kind of finalized as well. I don't think they're still tweaking the processor as much. Uh, but the other thing that you also want to keep in mind is that how does the A16 work on an iPhone and how does the Tensor processor work on an Android or specifically a Pixel? That's what you should be uh, comparing. I don't, I, I'll, and I'll say this and, and you can quote me on this. The Geekbench score on an A15 is useless for somebody using a Tensor smartphone, right? If you have an iPhone, you're going to care that your processing power is really good. But if you have an iPhone, you could care less what a Tensor processor does. So this, the, the Geekbench score is such a, such a score to, to basically reference but not to live by. Unless you all you're doing all day long is running benchmarks, I really wouldn't care too much about it. So what I would say is this, focus on what you're going for and get the best experience possible. Tensor runs beautifully on Pixel smartphones because it was designed to run beautifully on Pixel smartphones. This is when you get full synergy. What Apple is doing with the A15, the A16, the A13, insert A series in there is exactly what Google finally started to do. 
Samsung has Exynos, but we know Exynos has some concerns, but then they still use Qualcomm. And to a certain point, they're benef they're setting themselves up to work with what Qualcomm offers. Now, to this day, Qualcomm is king. There is no other chipset right now that meets the expectation because Qualcomm is literally ahead of everything. They're setting standards and they've been doing it for some time. But I think we've reached a certain level where compute power is exceeding what we need as usage for functional tasks on our phones. So don't look at it from that aspect. Look at it about on the ecosystem that you're in, what works the best. And that's where you need to judge it. So, but to answer the question very simply, I don't think the A16, I don't think the A16 will be uh, slower or the Tensor will beat. I think they're both going to work perfectly fine in their own individual ecosystems that will never cross-pollinate. You will never see an A16 running Android and you'll never see a Tensor running iOS. So hopefully that makes sense. Let me double check here. I think uh, man TK. That's darn no. Okay, I'm, I'm starting starting to catch up. Okay, here. Uh, so Omar had a good question in here. So the Xperia charging at 30 watts uh, does zero, zero to 50 in about 30 minutes, then 50 to 100 in about 80 minutes. So it's about 110 minutes overall. That's about what you should expect from an Xperia. Uh, it, you get that initial boost of charge because you're very low on the battery. And most smartphones do a very, very similar thing. They go basically super fast at the beginning. And once they cross the threshold, most of them are generally around the 70%, not 50. But with Pixel, uh, with, uh, with what I think Sony likes to do is the extension of the battery. They want to reduce the thermals. They don't want to keep it running hot for an extended amount of time. Um, Google does a very similar experience here where if let's say you have an alarm, let's say you like your alarm to wake you up at 6 a.m. in the morning. And if you turn on this feature, it's a very cool feature. So you plug your phone at night, you're going to sleep. Let's say the phone is at 10%, 5%, and you're going to sleep at night. The phone won't charge to 100% fill that 6 a.m. alarm that you have on your phone. It's a smart enough that it doesn't want to overheat. And if it means it has enough time to, to do a very slow trickle charge, it will trickle charge that phone all the way to 6 a.m., extending the battery life. Sony does the exact same thing. And I feel like more, more companies need to focus on that. And I'm going to sound like I'm sounding like we're going to backstep on my word. But I, on the other hand, I, I do appreciate having fast charging. Um, there is a little bit of a give and take in what you do. Most devices now last very a very good amount of time, and charging them will never will almost never be a situation where you're going from zero to a hundred. It's probably going to be more like forty to one hundred, fifty, twenty, thirty to one hundred, and that that situation is not as long. So hopefully that makes sense in the in the aspect of what we're shooting for. Um, I love fast charging, but I want it to be with uh, without too much heat, and of course without battery degradation over time. These devices, people buy them to last for a long time, and if you keep charging them at 120 uh, watts all the time, you're gonna get some, you know, battery concerns. So OEMs are trying their best to give us better battery health. So I'm hoping that kind of translates there. Uh, okay, uh, ER 1980. So Ibrahim is something. Uh, I'm really enjoying Material U on my Pixel 4 XL, which everybody, if you have a Pixel, I think all the way up to the Pixel 3, you should get uh, get yourself updated. I will say this, though, if you update to the new version of Android 12 and you notice that some apps are not working great, as long as you're able to back up your data, I rec my, my recommendation would be is for you to first um, go into the app information, clear cache, clear memory, and delete the app and reinstall it. Get that library rebuilt correctly for the app. That should fix your problem. I've had some some people comment on my videos saying, I installed Android 12 and then now the phone is not working as it should and blah, blah. Certain things sometimes require a reset. 
I'm not going to lie. I mean, you're changing a version of Android. You're jumping a version of Android. Chances are, if your phone is a Pixel 3 or a Pixel 4, you've gone through a couple of generations, and there's a lot of baggage sitting there. So a reset could technically get you back on, uh, on, the, on a very good footing and starting up fresh. If you're able to and you can, I recommend you highly to do so. Make sure you back up your data. Reset the phone, factory reset it. Make sure it's clean of everything. Reinstall your app, set it up, and get everything run, and it's going to work much better for you. Uh, it's nothing to do specifically with the update. I know it should be better. But when you when you have gone through a couple of generations of update, meaning from Android 10 to 11 to 12, that's a lot of stuff. And some devices have probably gone even more. So it's something to keep in mind. Uh, okay, here. Um, Har uh, sorry, Harsha saying, uh, do you think that the battery life will improve with software update and the fingerprint reader as well? Uh, yes, there's no question there. Software optimizations, especially with the ability of putting applications into deep sleep and better optimizations on Tensor, will always help battery life. Um, what we're seeing right now, and, and this is, again, you have to keep in mind, the, the reviews and the things that you're going in there are very short term. The phone barely is starting to show up in people's hands that are not reviewers, right? And I'm talking about people that actually went out and bought the phone. So battery life the first week, when you're excited about getting a phone, you're setting up everything. The first two days, I would not, tr okay, you should not, as a person that is setting up their device and try starting to use it for the first couple of days, publish any battery stats. You're not using your phone in the right format. This is not the way you normally use it, Right? Your phone is the way you use it on a daily basis. So live with it for a day, for a week, maybe a couple of weeks. Then start talking about performance. The reason I referenced it in my comment in my video on Monday, uh, because I felt like people were going to ask about it. So I gave them a reference point of a day. But the first couple of days, yeah, battery was very bad because I was on the phone all the time setting it up and I'm on, you know, on 5G, on Wi-Fi, I'm, I'm doing a whole bunch of downloading, uh, changing, setting up, login accounts and setting up a whole bunch of different things. Things that I normally don't do on a daily basis that I've already done now on the Pixel 6 Pro. So make sure you always appreciate there. Now, the fingerprint sensor is going, it could potentially get better. I'll say this, it can get better, but it's not going to be as fast as some of the uh, optical scanners that we have. Uh, sorry, uh, what I mean is the, like the sensor that we have um, on the S21 Ultra. It can get better. It basically, it needs to light up your finger and take the, uh, and then scan it and get it better. It, it's something that we need to see with time. So overall, I don't find it as a problem. I realize now that anytime I'm unlocking the phone, I just need to put my finger in on it. Um, I saw some videos. I even saw the video when Marquez was putting it in there. And I don't know why his was trying, was taking a little bit longer, uh, but like, well, here. So I'm, I'm just showing you guys how long, so hopefully you guys can see it. So here, I unlock. It unlocks. It's not. It's not slow by any means. It's not causing me to feel like, oh my god, this thing is not working. You get used to it. You get adjusted to it, and it's actually pretty decent. Is it going to get faster? More than likely. Um, you can also potentially, if you really want to get it improved better, uh, scan in multiple times. Keep you know, use it all the time, and obviously, it's going to work better. I'm hoping. It does get better. And that's one thing that software can help. It won't make it as fast as some of the other ones when it's hardware dependent. So just keep that in mind. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I did it again. I jumped like a few different ones. Uh, do you think we're going to see wireless flexible chargers soon? Oh, something like, uh, like a mouse pad or something like that. Ah. So I'll, I'll say I don't think it's impossible for it to exist now. 
although the technology is really not as functional yet for us to have something that has that small of a battery cells. Because I don't think it'll ever be bendable. Battery cells are not intended to be bendable. The technology has to change. Uh, it's the battery type of uh, the type of technology that we have right now. The batteries that we use in smartphones and devices are not meant to be bend, uh, bent. So they're supposed to stay consistent. You're not supposed to bend them and play with them because you could cause chemical reactions and so on. So the technology for battery hopefully can get better, meaning if they're using smaller cells that are more maybe pencil shaped and then you can put them in a mouse pad and then you can at that point flex it in certain areas, but not necessarily flex it and crunch it and then open it up like a regular mouse pad can be. Uh, so. I think it's something that's going to be coming in, but um, one thing that I would probably say, wireless charging technology is getting much better. Motorola recently uh, demonstrated the ability of doing wireless charging across a certain distance, and I feel like maybe that's going to be the next generation of charging that we get. Uh, it's not new. I'm not going to say this is brand new tech. I've seen this at CES for years to come, and they've always had a booth where you go in there and you're like standing across the room and your phone is wirelessly charging. Uh, but that was more dependent on direction and area, and it has to be kind of like beamed towards uh, where it needs to be. Uh, I think that technology is going to be going a little bit more than uh, flexible batteries uh, and what we get on devices. Flexible displays are starting to make their, uh, their prime and, and presence, but we'll have to see how that goes. Um, okay, let me jump into this one. Uh, so here's a question. Is there any laptop which has a power bypass feature uh, which uses the power from the charger and bypasses the power uh, and, and to the charger to the screen, core components and area? Um, <laughs> believe it or not, most laptops that had replaceable batteries, the ones that you can pop out, had that feature built in. It's like it was something that was in devices for some time. And then it started being removed for some reason, like the power provided from the power adapter wasn't enough to keep the device running. Um, so is there going to be something that, that can provide us? I'm thinking gaming laptops that for sure needs to be the ones that should bring this back, uh, specifically when you have the battery plugged in. I think that, so to answer, although the feature I made it sound like was available, in reality, you had to pop the battery out and plug in the power for that to kind of function. But nobody's ever going to be sitting there like, hold on a second, let me take the battery out and let me just do my work. You always want to have the battery in case the power does fail. Obviously, there's always going to be something like that. Uh, gaming laptops should be doing that. I would, I would imagine ASUS and, of course, um, uh, you know, the RG line of gaming laptops or even any of the, like Acer or something like that. Whenever you have a creator-based laptop, uh, you should. My concern, though, is then that's going to be leveraging stronger bricks to actually charge the device and run it at the capacity that it needs. And I think most of us would much value a smaller charging brick that gives us the ability of using our laptop the way we want to use it, as opposed to having a larger brick to leverage not having to use the battery. So it's a combination of the two. You have to kind of, uh, like at this point at least, factor what would you rather have, larger battery or a larger brick. But it's, it's, it should not be hard. Uh, it's very much a software experience and it is something that I think they should be doing especially for if you're just sitting like right now I would love to have that on my laptop so that I don't have it I don't have to have it plugged in I know that leaving it plugged in over time even though it has the mechanisms to provide better battery life will still in the long run damage it I think I shouldn't you know it's not something we should be doing all the time uh, let me see here uh, okay so let me um, we'll see okay uh, let me see uh, yeah Allah, Allah. 
Okay, so Wasim is asking is, uh, when when will the Pixel 6 uh, Pro be available in the United Arab Emirates and where can you buy it? Unfortunately, it's going to have to be imported right now. Um, but it, I think at this, I think I would give it a little bit of time uh, for the stock to start showing up and the prices to normalize. I think right now, the price of a regular 6 uh, for a Pixel is so overblown if you can't find it retail that it's, it's seriously something that you have to kind of just wait a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it, it should be coming in with importers. Unfortunately, not from Google, but uh, I would just give it a little bit of a little bit of time for where it's available for people to pick up. Uh, you're also you probably have a better chance of importing a Pixel Six than a Pixel Six Pro, as the Six Pros are primarily the ones disappearing. I tried going into Best Buy a couple of days uh, th this week, and uh, the only devices that they had were the Pixel Six Pros that were available were Verizon. They're a specific uh, carrier we have here in the U.S. Unfortunately, most people don't have Verizon, at least not the people that I know. And I can't use Verizon because I have T-Mobile and it's a locked model. So it means I can't even put my T-Mobile SIM. So anyways, short answer, it is what it is. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to say it. Uh, they do not send units uh, to biased people. You know, I, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, Google has been more open about having a, a real conversation about their devices, regardless of who's saying it. And I say this because if you watch who Team Pixel, who the, some of the creators that we have on Team Pixel, not everybody's essentially, you know, during most of the time is not necessarily very pro Pixel. And some people are very much, you know, a pro every, every company or every manufacturer. So when I, what I look at it is, at least from this standpoint, is um, Google at least is a little bit more, um, I guess they want more of an honest uh, conversation and they don't need to necessarily color that conversation. The dual embargo conversation that a lot of people were jumping on last week, honestly, that to me was much more of a better leveling experience for everybody that had Team Pixel in there and everybody pushed out their reviews. And I think it made for a better experience. People got to see all of the aspects of things and it wasn't dictated by just a small, uh, I'm not gonna say minority, but a small group of uh, reviewers. So you really had an opportunity to actually appreciate uh, the people that really love Pixel and the people that are trying Pixel for the first time and, and how their impressions were. So it is exciting and I, and I love it. I, I make sure everything is really nice. Uh, uh, it's nice It's nice that Google tried to make Pixels. I think I'm reading Russ's comment right there. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see that Google tried to make the field uh, more uh, more plain. Yeah, obviously a plain, a fair field for everybody, for reviewers providing uh, them more time to gather data and use the phone. Absolutely. It, I think this is one of the biggest thing. Most reviews that come on day one, and this is not a not a statement against person, you know, saying oh, you know, Google, whatever, more than likely are running pre-production. So the reviews that were done on the on the Duo, the Microsoft Duo 2, everybody had had their the, that put the review uh, video out had the device with a pre-production version of the software because on day one when the phone became available, Microsoft, sorry, Microsoft pushed out. A, a, uh, basically an update, a massive update that you couldn't use the phone without. The question is, how many of those channels are going to come back and redo their review now that the update has been pushed out and whatever fixes and things that Microsoft have put in there has already been done? Very, very few. And, and that's why I feel like Team Pixel is doing it right. It allows the phone to be in more hands of people that are more, more that really enjoy it, that are going to put more content about that phone. And I think that was one of the things. Like I'm working on a video right now for um, how to incorporate external audio on uh, a device. Uh, let's say when you're shooting videos with the Pixel, you're using it with the Xperia Pro I. All of those things kind of work out, and they do a really good job for us. Um, okay, let me double check here. So, it, oh, okay, so. Um, 
Nick Nick Garcia is asking, is the Xperia Pro I, will it work on both Verizon and T-Mobile? Thank you. Uh, It will work on both Verizon and T-Mobile. And for me on T-Mobile, it was getting all of the 5G capabilities. I was not able to get access to their ultra capacity. And I think it could could be very much software capabilities. Uh, but on on uh, Verizon, it won't support their ultra wideband. This is not the Xperia Pro. Uh, Xperia Pro, the Pro is specific to Verizon, and it does support their ultra wideband 5G. So that 2.4, uh, 200, you know, the 2,000, uh, 2,500 uh, megabits down, that's Verizon. Uh, but this one will support uh, their standard sub six uh, 5G capabilities. So yeah, for sure, should not be a problem. It, it's not right now called out as a specifically certified. But the functionality should be uh, supported in there. They're using the 888, which is, again, what we saw with the Xperia 1 Mark III. Uh, this is Microsoft and Google. I <laughs> always... Um, okay, so I'm going to talk. I'm going to jump on with Russ's question here, but I do want to say this much. First and foremost, thank you to everybody for checking out the show. It's absolutely a blast having this many people hanging out with us on the Saturday morning show. Uh, again, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is for you, I appreciate you. Sabaho to every one of you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to get uh, to check it out, make sure to hit the bell icon. And of course, if you're not subscribed, tune in and you'll find out more content. And of course, leave me some comments. Uh, it is that time of the show where we have this nice little thing that we do is called TKception. If you guys haven't seen this before, you're new to the channel. It's a nice little visual effect, but the main benefit of it is the ability of of not only showcasing, but also acknowledging some of the biggest fans of the channel hanging out with us this long to the end of the show. So uh, you'll start seeing some hashtags showing up in the comments right now. Hashtag TKception. Please, please feel free to show them in there. I'd love to be able to showcase you guys on the channel. And with that being said, I want to talk real quick to Russ as I'm giving you guys a few minutes to be able to build up some of those TKceptions. And we're going to start getting the show uh, going. I did not believe, like I looked at the watch, at the clock at the beginning and I was like about 20 minutes. And then I, two seconds, the next time I looked at it, it was like an hour and 36 minutes. I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm I'm happy. This is good. When two hours fly, that's a good day, regardless of the little hiccup we had at the beginning. So I do apologize for that part. Um, so here, yes, Russ, um, I'm confused uh, that YouTubers say that the Xperia naming are confusing. To me, they have a point, uh, but their camera names and audio uh, and audio has more uh, confusing names, uh, more confusing name schemes. So. The architecture of the naming convention for Sony is more methodical and systematic than, um, I would say, rational. Like, I know there was like a jokes people say, you know, like, you know, when Asus wants a new name, when they want to name their new laptop, they go into a room like, and, they, and they're like, give me a name, like uh, ZV Vibu Dada. The naming convention is supposed to help us understand the architecture and, the, and what is this device intended to do. Don't get me wrong. Xperia Pro I is not necessarily a logical follow when you're thinking what's the successor to the Xperia Pro would be. Um, I'm with you. Names can always be like, and, and, and they can get long. So the Sony Xperia Pro i 5G, the Google Pixel 6 Pro 5G, the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra, just names get very long when you're adding too many things. I think at the end of the day, we need to just look at it what they are. Xperia is intended to be their flagship devices and mid-rangers. So you're getting basically Xperia 5, Xperia 1. So when you see that name and a pro right now, you know the classical devices that you're in. And I think that's what Sony does. And they basically categorize it. So the Xperia 1 is their best uh, consumer general. Pro is their prosumer. 
and the five is their mid-rangers. So that's where the numbering comes in. Anything that comes after that is pretty much just a generational number added to it. And I wouldn't necessarily, um, like I said, I understand and I appreciate it. Um, and you could see in the video, in the beginning of this entire thing, I mean, I sometimes mix up names between the different ones. Having to jump between a five Mark One, Mark Two, Mark Three, and a five Pro, Pro I, five, you know, there's a whole thing. There, it, it just gets very, very much. Uh, but yeah, I always, always appreciate it. So uh, thank you very much for us. Uh, again, hanging out with us this whole time and kicking it with us. So let's go ahead and kick up here. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Greg hit, up, hit us up with the first one. So this is the visual effect. It looks, it happened once a long time ago when we brought back the show and it happened by coincidence. I was actually trying to do a screen sharing and I had my video in it. And this is pretty much what it looks like. It looks really, really cool. Um, it's a very nice little effect. It does a very nice thing. And again, we get a chance to in, uh, inception, like a show within a show. So thank you very much to Greg for kicking it and being with us all of uh, this whole time. Hashtag TKception. Chemi Torres, of course, uh, a buddy of mine for quite some time. Um, <laughs> getting updates on my phone, on my watch. Uh, of course, Joey B. Joey, oh man, I didn't see your comments there. Uh, TKception, TK, TK Xperia, and of course, TK, uh, TK Foodie Bay in there as well. Uh, Ibrahim in there, of course, ER1980, TKception, TK, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Hiccup Starception. Uh, you know what? If there was a week for both Juan and I to have technical problems, I will say I will take my technical problem uh, any day. Uh, and hopefully, you know, like I said, we have... Uh, it just it's technical there's always going to be a thing and uh it probably will happen again i'm not gonna lie probably happen again not intentional but it definitely happens uh so i want to say again thank you ahmed uh, ahmed thank you very much shukran, shukran ala uh, i just said thank you very much for all your support uh and of course uh oh my god okay Aditya, the man the mr cumberbatch of our channel and of course juan carlos's channel tkception tkrb tk super saiyan let me know what you guys think of the goku shirt this is a classic goku obviously standard form uh just in in his regular uh stance in there uh thank you for being an awesome human being dude uh you know what thank you um thank you for everything for hanging out with me for staying on this long with us to the end of the show i i really have to say this much it takes a lot obviously out of your day and what you're doing to give that much attention to somebody else and i love having these conversations i love talking to you guys i look forward to talking to you guys every week on saturday morning this is literally the way i start my weekend and it is an epic way to start Let's just hope things, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Halloween tomorrow. It just ends up becoming really, really good. And we'll have some really good pictures to post on Monday. So thank you very much. Chemi Torres coming back in there. Uh, Dominic Wan, always, always nice. Dominic, you and I need to talk about some uh, some pricing from Hong Kong. <laughs> um, and I actually, you know what? I, I I would love to be able to visit Hong Kong one more time. That, that's going to be one of, my, one of my best experiences ever. To top it off, amazing food and amazing cuisine and a very diverse cuisine. It's not just Chinese. You're getting a very much Indian, um, very good, uh, like international style cuisine, but amazing place. Um, oh, Zachary got his Pixel 6 Pro 512 today. Dude, epic. 500. Wow. Okay. And it looks, oh my God. Congratulations, Zachary. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Congrats. I am so jealous of you right now. I cannot find a 512 anywhere without waiting till like next year so congrats congrats man anyway always always great russ thank you very much for hanging out with us tkception tk chooses <laughs> pro i then at one mark mark three I'm, I'm pretty sure sony will have some words to me like tk what are you doing 
Dominic Juan, thank you very much. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for the super chat. Actually, there is a YouTuber in Lebanon and her and her YouTube name is Guresu. Guri, uh, um, she learned Cantonese by uh, by, by her. By, by herself um, as a non-native speaker. By the way, your Pixel 6 Pro review is amazing. Thank you very much. Okay. In London. Oh, okay, okay. So I've always wanted to learn. Uh, Cant Cantonese is such a tough language. I'll say this. For anybody that speaks the language, I my hat's off to you. The tonal uh, changes between the two, it truly needs to be an immersive experience and very, very, very strong there. Uh, I do want to say one. Oh, here it is. Uh, Aditya, of course, as well. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Folks, given the global uh, silicon shortage, I'd recommend you start buying your holiday tech today. Um, actually, in the U.S., we have a much bigger shortage, not just silicon shortage, but also um, store, uh, shortage because of uh, issues with the labor and trying to get through the, uh, the Los Angeles Harbor, basically. Importing and things, there's like a backup of delivery. So, yeah. Definitely. Uh, this year is going to be one of those years where you probably want to do uh, try to do start a little bit early. If you're doing if you're concerned and you want to kind of get things set up, I would definitely uh, start up a little bit early. Um, and so with that being said, I do want to say again, thanks to everybody for hanging out with us, kicking it with us on your Saturday morning with tech. Uh, and of course, giving us uh, your time. Lunky, thank you very, very much. Uh, so much love. Always, always appreciated. Um, I am the Jesse K. I am the founder of the TKception. Dude, we went back a long time. I can't believe we're almost at 100. I mean, six more episodes. And I think we're going to hit it literally before the end of the year. So I'm thinking I want to do something special for that. Um, so hopefully we can get some nice uh, more support. And of course, to show the appreciation for everybody here. Uh, but with that being said, I want to say again, thanks to Dominic Wong. Thanks to, uh, to Lanky. Uh, thanks, of course, to you as well, Jesse. Uh, everybody, Aditya, uh, Matt Tyler jumping in, uh, Dan, uh, Ibrahim, Russ, Greg, of course, Dominic Wong in there. Donald Lazino, dude, thank you very, very much. I do apologize. I didn't see that one there. It was right under Aditya's thing. Uh, appreciated. Greg as well. Uh, Ahmed, Ahlan wa sahlan. Omar, of course. Gregory again. Uh, oh, so many. Zachary Tech, dude, so jelly right now. So jelly. Don't get me wrong. I love my 6 Pro, but I just want more storage. Like, I can't vet it. I can't find it. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely very much uh, everybody in there. Chemi is in there, of course. Uh, thank you for kicking it with us. I'll see you guys on next week's Saturday morning with tech for another episode and hopefully more exciting things uh, that will be announced hopefully very, very soon. Be safe, stay safe, connect with your family and friends and somebody you haven't talked to for some time. I'll see you next week and hope you're doing well. Take care, everybody. And bye bye.